I don't want to go out and have nothing written on my tombstone when I'm <laughs> when I'm six feet under. I want to have made some kind of impact in my community, in the place that I live in, with the people that I work with, with my family. If you're going to push innovation, it's not about pushing speed as much as it is about creating space for people to come together and talk and think and be creative. Welcome back to The Spark, a podcast about work in the global digital age. I'm Prue Duggan. Hello, hello, okay. And welcome to Nairobi. We are at the Gedarei Langata Community Life Centre. So this is a fast community... In our first show of this season, you heard Pat Gaffney, who works on the east coast of the United States. A few years ago, Philips shifted its focus to health technology... And Pat told us how his work sense of purpose changed after his son had a neonatal stroke. In this episode, we're going to talk about collaborating across time zones and the challenges of working with a global team. So with that in mind, we're taking you halfway around the world to meet Annie. My name is Annie Jenga. I work in the Philips Africa Innovation Hub. I've been working at Annie's job is to find out how technology can solve problems in healthcare especially at the clinical level. Now, healthcare in every country has its challenges. And in Kenya... There's a lot of lack of infrastructure, there's lack of resources in terms of, if you think about doctors, if you think about equipment. Um, so what, uh, and Annie's work has some sweeping but ambitious goals. Ensure that they increasing access to care, making the process of giving care faster, and then, of course, including technology into this as well. So trying to figure out how do we get uh, better access to data, better access to diagnosis by having an end-to-end solution. So once someone registers into the clinic, all the way to where they're getting uh, drugs dispensed by the pharmacy, how can we ensure that that whole process is seamless by bringing in a system that, that helps them do this? The community life centres that Philips runs in Africa are focused on primary care, but they also act as hubs for other issues that need to be addressed. And a couple of years ago, the Philips Innovation Hub started a project to help people with mental health issues. The reason why we thought it was important is because mental health is one of the leading causes of disability in the world. And then there's also the issue of stigma, because we don't talk about mental health. And there was an even greater challenge. In Kenya, we only have about 100 mental health uh, professionals. In a country with a population of about 47 million. We do have counsellors and and coaches, but they're not enough to serve the population that we have. And then even when they're there, they're very expensive. So looking at all those issues, we said, why can't we build a solution that would help bridge this gap and lower the level or the, the barrier to entry for access to care in that particular uh, sense. And that's when we came up with a solution called Inuka. So Inuka is a Swahili word that means rise up, rise up from the issue that's currently eating you up and get more empowered to be able to face it head on and face all your challenges. 
Anuka is an app, an anonymous chat platform. Its coaches are trained and brought together with people who have mental health issues. And since it's anonymous, the stigma or any feeling of judgment is removed. The coaches, or guides, simply try to help users break a big problem down into smaller, more solvable ones. They have a chat session for an hour where the, the coach is trying to really take them through problem-solving therapy. So you say, okay, I want to focus on my health. Okay, and what kind of solutions can you come up with around this problem that is health-related? And we stay down all the different solutions that you have. And then now based on that, you leave with an action card that says, I'm going to start from tomorrow, I'm going to start taking my medicine. I will start uh, working out and I will start eating healthy. The idea is we're really trying to strengthen that aspect of your brain to ensure that when something like that happens again, you're able to take a step back and go through the steps that you were taught or you've been empowered to, to learn. And with that, you'll be able to come out of the almost uh, depression that you're in. So that is what Inuka is all about. This is the spark. Spark. This is the spark. This is the spark. This is the spark. The Anuka platform didn't entirely have its origins in Kenya. It was developed by a global team with members in India, Zimbabwe, and the Netherlands as well. And that came with its own set of challenges. The people working on Anuka were not just working across time zones, they were also working across cultures. Getting the mic settled in here. And if anyone knows the challenges of teams working across cultures on a single project, it's Melissa Lampson. What gets me up in the morning? Oh, I love it. I love my job more than anything in the world. For more than 20 years, Melissa's been helping organizations, from small companies to non-profits and Fortune 500s, adapt to the ever-changing work environment. Also, diversity management and global mindset, particularly working across cultures. And that certainly adds another layer, a couple of layers of, of challenge there. And a lot has changed in the past 20 years. People themselves are, are more diverse, if you will. So people have multiple cultural backgrounds, mixed parents. They have traveled and lived in so many different places. They've been schooled in other countries. They speak multiple languages. I think there's a, it's a lot less about how do I do business in country X or with culture Y, but how do I really understand the complexity of working across a mixed team, a diverse team with a multicultural person? That was certainly the case on the Anuka project. So we had uh, developers based out of Bangalore, and they're the ones who are building the, the platform, the technology platform that Inuka would run on. And then we had a team in Kenya that was there were actual researchers. So they're the ones who carried out the pilot. Uh, we went out and tested the solution with the users, and we were training the users. And then we had a clinical psychologist and uh, a venture manager in, in Eindhoven. And, and Eindhoven is in the Netherlands, and the project's partner was based in Zimbabwe. So the team was very dispersed, and trying to find meeting times, I think, was <laughs> one of our biggest uh, issues. And then even then, trying to figure out how to uh, work 
in such uh, di- diverse settings, diverse cultures, and all working towards one goal. Very exciting. Never a dull day <laughs> on the Inuka team. As leaders in health technology, we aspire to improve people's lives. So naturally, we want our employees to receive the same kind of care and attention as the products we develop every day. It's why we offer a range of financial benefits and programs to keep you physically fit and mentally motivated as you go about your day. We have a variety of resources for employees to choose from, like our own Phillips University. It's up to you what ingredients you add to the mix. We also believe in workplace flexibility, so you can balance the demands of work and life in a way that suits you. We understand that we're at our best when you're at yours. At Philips, don't just answer emails, answer deep human needs, innovation, and you. Philips. Welcome back to The Spark and our series exploring the nature of work in the global digital age. We're talking about working across cultures in this episode and how to do it right, especially when you're working on the same thing but spread across different continents. We're getting farther away from each other from a space perspective, but certainly not from a cyber perspective. It makes it more and more difficult to kind of have those connections and those personal interactions and then therefore build enough trust and relationship to be effective in working in those teams. The Anuka Project had Philips teams in India, Africa and Europe, all trying to pilot a mental health platform in Nairobi. You have to uh, remember that we're doing this all via Skype. And so you have to go through the whole process of uh, a team forming all the way to norming, storming, uh, fighting. And uh, all those challenges came into play while you're still delivering. So a lot of the time, the team in one place would need to know if what they were doing would work on the ground in another culture. And doing that via Skype wasn't always easy. If there's a team who's working together in a, as a dispersed team and they meet once face-to-face during the course of that project, their productivity will increase by 50%, which is a really dramatic statistic. Face-to-face will bring you tremendous more value if you can let people travel to, to meet, to see each other, to try to figure things out, you know, with hands and feet and so forth, because we don't always obviously have the same native language. And, and even when we are speaking the same language, we have a lot of misunderstandings and different interpretations. Face-to-face is incredibly effective because we can overcome so many different cultural, linguistic, etc. barriers. Annie's team did regularly meet face-to-face. And that helped a lot. But working with and in different cultures comes with a steep learning curve. It was interesting to work with some of the team members in the Dutch office because <laughs> like one team member was very always very direct and, and, and she would say no or why or and some of the team members also were not very uh, forthcoming with critical feedback. So they'd be like, yeah, 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 everything is going well and, and I have everything I need to ensure that my project works. But then their tasks are not delivered. So I had to really figure out, thinking about the cultural aspect, what can you do or what can you, how do you frame that to ensure that we are all speaking the same language and we are all saying the same issues that we see and addressing them, irrespective of all the different barriers that we have from a cultural perspective.
people love tips and they love, you know, quick things that they can implement right away. And there are many times when I can offer those, right, in terms of time management or giving feedback. (laughs) But when it comes to diversity and working across personalities and cultures, and it's counterintuitive because when we're in these situations, we're trying to push for results. The best thing you can do is to take a step back and say, let me observe and see what's going on here. Let me ask some questions so I really get to the true understanding of how we need to solve this issue or move forward in this project and then make the determination to best react. And hopefully you can co-create that reaction with your counterparts too. And now that the Anuka project is done, Annie has some tips of her own. There needs to be very clear communication all the way to deliverables where everyone first understands what we're trying to build and where we're trying to go and how my part uh, as a developer or as a designer or as the researcher on it, how my small part will ensure that we all achieve that one goal. And then I think you need to give the different team members room to go out and actually do the job, so not be breathing over their heads every two minutes, and talk about the issues that come up with challenges. So really have honest, candid conversations about why this is not working and what we need to do different to ensure that it actually works. And if you can't get together often enough, here's something else that can make things easier. The research says that if you reach out to dispersed team members three times more often than those who are not dispersed, that you can kind of make up for that spontaneous interaction because you're doing that anyway with your team members who you actually sit with in the office, right? You bump into each other in the hallway or the restroom or you eat lunch together spontaneously. And so to try to create that spontaneity of contact with people who are dispersed more intentionally is going to help you be more successful when you're managing a virtual team. And most importantly, what did the people using Anika think? Did it work for them? We had a pilot that we wanted to test in the community life centre that I was speaking about. And the feedback that we got from these users. So we had people who probably don't use a smartphone on a regular basis coming up and using the solution and giving us feedback that it's actually helped them. They feel that they're more empowered. I think that was, for us, a really big point because then we realized what the possibilities of the solution were, like what we could possibly do and how many lives we could touch. We had the community health workers who were our coaches at that particular point saying that they even felt they were using the skills that they've been taught even in their regular day-to-day job outside the project. They were using them in their own relationships, in their own lives. That's when I think we were like, in spite of all the challenges, this is still a really amazing project to work on because of the possibilities of what it can do and and how much it can impact people. If you're going to push innovation, it's not about pushing speed as much as it is about creating the space for people to come together and talk and think and be creative. Then you start dreaming, you start thinking about what the possibilities are, where you can take the solution, where can you actually insert it. It could be for refugees, it could be for people living in very marginalized communities. I mean, you could take the solution in any space or any setting and it could still fit. So that was a 
Yeah, it was very inspiring. It was a very inspiring moment and opened the floodgates for dreaming even more. The Anuka project was spun off and now it's a business on its own. That was a real amazing moment because it showed such faith in the team that the little project that we had started and is still up and running and it showed the kind of mindset that the company has. So it's, it's living in the times, I would say. Annie is now working on other projects for Philips, like helping develop a backpack for community healthcare workers who go out into the field. It contains high-tech solutions, like a mobile phone that acts like a digital notebook and makes treatment a lot faster and more effective. And for Annie, that means a lot. I don't want to go out and have nothing written on my tombstone when I'm, <laughs> when I'm six feet under. Um, I want to have made some kind of impact in my community, in the place that I live in, with the people that I work with, with my family. And I think my job gives me that satisfaction that I'm actually helping create the kind of world that I want to live in, and I'm, and I'm playing my part in it. So, yeah, that's why I do my job. If you're looking for a career that has impact, check out careers.philips.com. And if you haven't yet, go to your podcast app and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. The Spark is produced by the Philips Recruiting Team, available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Prue Duggan. Thank you for listening. Philips. Next week on The Spark, getting revolutionary ideas just right. It's not about having the right answer. It's about being committed to finding the right answer. We're going to just keep investigating stuff where we try things that are going to fail. That opens the aperture up to do weird and wonderful things that you never, ever thought you could or would do. And that's where I think real excitement occurs. Find out more next week when we dive into the world of revolutionary ideas on The Spark.